0: Five things your dental office is doing wrong. And we begin our podcast right there.
1: Welcome, all of you fantastic dental podcast listeners, to the My Practice My Business Dental Podcast Show, where we help dentists profit and thrive with excerpts from the clinical business of dentistry training here at My Practice My Business. We'll be addressing and answering questions with current trends dentists and their teams face each and every day in their pursuit of this wonderful career we call dentistry. And now the host of our show, the clinical director and president at My Practice, My Business, Dr. Rob Thorup.
0: I actually just started laughing at the title of this podcast because uh, I know like many of you out there, you don't want to be told what you're doing wrong. Just tell me what I'm doing right. I need a positive experience, you know. This wokeness is most important in life, and everybody should get a trophy. That's what I want to hear. Well, I actually want to give credit where credit's due. This podcast was actually written by our marketing director in the company, Bailey, and she. This is uh, she wrote this based upon what she's been seeing uh, in in her observation as a non dental person in as a business person in an a dental world. <laughs> I don't know where to <clears throat> where to actually start with that, but it just kind of cracks me up. Uh, so she wrote this, and she goes, "You know what I noticed from all the practices we talked to that I watch you guys teach there? There seems to be a common denominator that I'm seeing, and it and the, it's these five things and and she wrote a she actually wrote it to be a blog uh, for one of her classes, and and I'm like, this kind of cracks me up. I, I want to turn this into a podcast and so i am so i have to give credit where credit's due this is uh this this one was written by bailey and and it's uh her observation by the way we hired her many we hired her a long time ago i didn't, can't remember how long ago we hired her but we hired her um <clears throat> because my my son was doing all of our our video work for our company and yeah and then uh Uh, the federal government stole him from us. So he's uh, off serving, uh, doing stuff he can't talk about. But anyway, um, we missed him. I said, Hey, you got to find your replacement. So he gave me a couple names. And Tracy and I pondered on those names. And, and we uh, gave Bailey a shot at it. And uh, she was still young and, and green behind the ears and in the, uh, in the business. And, and she you know has done a great job for us. Many of you have met her, and it's uh, kind of fun, so we sent her out to do testimonials to just record testimonials. She recorded about sixty five testimonials from from uh, a myriad of offices, uh, not quite sixty five offices, but pretty close, but she also got testimonials from the office managers and front office team members and hygienists and assistants and um, <clears throat> which uh, took her over a uh, hundred testimonials. And she came back after a two-week stint of doing that, and she came back all emotional. It's like, what's wrong, Bailey? You know, uh, somebody run over your animal or something? What's going on in your life? And and she's uh, she said, "Gosh, I, um, I I've never seen so many uh, uh, non-scripted, organic testimonials." from so many people that love you and Tracy and love what you taught them and love uh, the company and what you do for them. And I want a place in this company. I want to work for you guys. And and that's how we ended up hiring her uh, uh, pretty much full time. Uh, she's still working on her, on her degree in marketing uh, almost done with it. And uh, it's been a, it's been fun and it's been fun to have somebody who's, you know, not been invested in dentistry as long as Tracy and I have been, who's coming from the outside looking in. So with that background said, um, you know, take this podcast (laughs) and, and do with it what you want. But I think she nailed it. So the the five things your dental office is doing wrong, it sounds a little harsh, but after you working with hundreds of dental offices, we've discovered that nearly every office does the same things that negatively affect their practice. And that's what Bailey has seen herself. And these actions actually decrease revenue the actions of five things you're doing wrong, decrease revenue, and they decrease patient retention and employee satisfaction. <laughs> I'm surprised you picked up on that too. And the worst part, many of the things mentioned uh, that we'll mention here have been preached in dentistry for years, like the falsehoods, misinformation. So we can't really blame you, but we can help you change change that, you know, change your thought leadership for the better. So where does this misinformation come from? Much of it comes from insurance companies. And that's right. They spread false information to dental offices, and then dental consultants pass it around like the common cold. Insurance reimbursement rates have grown increasingly lower every year, and yet we keep listening to insurance companies, hoping that somehow we will be paid fairly for what we do. However, insurance companies base their fees and and reimbursements like any other business and through profit and loss, period. And it's not going to get any better. And, and, and in this podcast, we're going to debunk uh, dentistry norms with truths we've uncovered after years of research and experience. So the first uh, the first one that Bailey noticed is submitting fee-for-service fees to insurance companies. We've heard this at most every dental conference. we dentists think or have been told it's important to submit fee-for-service fees to insurance companies because it will increase reimbursement rates. And we've heard of dentists submitting uh, very high fee-for-service fees in hopes of receiving higher reimbursements. However, insurance companies use that information for a very different purpose, folks. And on the EOB, they send to your patients... They, they uh, On the OB, it, they use your fee-for-service fees to boast how much the patient is saving by being in network with the insurance company. Rather than highlighting the slim percentage they pay, they focus on the savings that patient has since you're, you're, you aren't billing the contracted service fee, the fees that you contracted for. So if you were to bill your actual contracted fees, there would sh- there would be no visual of savings. It would be zero. And then it would just be... Then at the bottom, they would sh- show their measly $328.40 payment on a $2,500 treatment uh, plan that was submitted. They aren't bragging about their tiny payment, are they? There would be no savings if you actually billed out that contracted fee. So that's why they... That's that's f- number one, you're submitting your fee-for-service fees because you've been lied to. You've been told that they'll increase their contracted fees with you if you do. Well, can you let common sense prevail? Has that happened? <laughs> number two, we do not offer choice to patients. Most practices offer the same materials to every patient. What do I mean? Bruxer, 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 you know. Uh, most offices will order the mid-grade composite. They want to sleep at night. They think that's the best thing to do. Mid-grade bonding agents often. Definitely the cheapest implants. Definitely the majority of you. And with such low reimbursement rates, who can blame you for offering the least expensive products? Most patients don't know the difference between an offshore crown and a quality-grade crown from a high-quality lab. It's the dental team's responsibility to educate patients on those available options, and shouldn't it be the patient's choice? Shouldn't it be the consumer's choice? Yeah, fortunately, there is a better way to treat patients and still maintain profitability on procedures with our training. Offering choice to patients empowers them and increases trust. Nobody taught us that in school, she points out. It can also drastically improve the profitability of your practice if you know how to bill it correctly to the patient, and again, that's what we teach on. Uh, a lot of you are doing a little bit of it, but you have no idea how much you're leaving off the table. And can you even do the best quality of dentistry possible with the budgets that the insurance companies give you? No. And and what do a lot of off, uh, a lot of uh, entities out there, consultants and stuff, they they say, get off the insurance plans, get off the insurance plans. Uh, I reminded the. Uh, the our exec out here with the UDA—they're a multi-billion-dollar industry. They're not going anywhere, and and he agrees. It's it's like we just need to learn to deal with them and work, you know, <laughs> learn how to how to work smarter, not harder. Okay. Number three, and and that comes with our training. And all of you out there who are are listening, who are our uh, clients, you know exactly what I am talking about, and uh, and it's working. Three. Offices don't cross train team members. Whoa, <laughs> what? <laughs> most de- Bailey Bailey pointed out this is a problem. As I watch you guys train, I talk to offices. This is like so common sense to me. Why don't they do it? Okay, again, coming from the business world, most dental teams focus on training team members to become specialists. This can be beneficial so that each team member of the team can perfect their craft. However. Uh, what happens if someone calls in sick? Is there someone who can cover their responsibilities? Cross training employees helps overall jo- job satisfaction and office efficiency. I've heard too many horror stories, she says, of team members refusing to answer the phone or bill insurances because it's not their job. Keep in mind, this is her writing the article. This is just me telling you what she wrote as an outsider looking in at your practices. I hope you're capturing what's going on here. This isn't Robert Tracy. This is an outsider looking in. She goes on to say the success of the dental uh, practice is everyone's job. By cross training everyone to do nearly every aspect of each other's job, it allows team members to take sick days and go on vacation without bringing the office to a standstill or having the front office team members come back to a pile of work. <laughs> you guys have heard me talk about this. this. is Again, her observation, I don't say work, I say a pile of shiz. Okay, well, plus the front office is hard. They They have heart attacks when they go on vacation, don't they? Okay, continuing. While front office personnel may not have the training or ability to perform dental procedures like a root canal, they can learn how to prep an operatory, and there's no reason the dentist shouldn't be able to submit an insurance claim. After all, he or she is the CEO of the company. They should know. By implementing this protocol of cross-training, everyone gains a greater appreciation for everyone's job and a greater understanding for how the office functions. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Number four, writing off procedures that should never have been written off. This is her, I'm just laughing at her observation at being with the company. It's like hilarious. She says, most dental offices will read an EOB and mistake, mistakenly write off balances owed because they do not understand the very contracts they signed. In other words, EOBs lie all the time. <clears throat> it's an insurance tactic that needs to be stopped. On the phone, many insurance companies tell you the same lies that are verbalized on the EOBs. However, what does the insurance contract say? <laughs> we make her read the contracts too. Most dental practices don't read the contracts. So don't be surprised if you haven't heard this before. Despite insurance, insurances suggesting that you write off the difference, this is contrary to the contract you signed with them. They are not allowed to suggest that you write off the difference. With the new Utah dental law, you don't have to. And you shouldn't. It decreases your profitability dramatically if you do write it off. Wait, what? I don't live in Utah," she says. "Well, if your state dental association doesn't know about the the new Utah dental law, maybe you should be the one to get their butt moving and pass an identical law or make it even better. In Utah, we write off a fraction of our fees as compared to other states. Even without the law, too many offices write off things they never had to. Ignorance is definitely not bliss nor profitable. (laughs) Oh, I love your politically correct words, Bailey. I would be using other words. Okay, number five. (laughs) Here's the fifth one. Buying equipment with a low return on investment. Every few years, a new shiny product comes to market, touting increased customer comfort and that would be patient comfort, Bailey, Uh, increased customer comfort, and operational efficiency. While many of these products live up to their claims, they can be very expensive. Our office motto is, if it's not fast, simple, easy, we don't want it, and especially if it's not profitable. We love products that improve efficiency and improve the patient's experience. However, the products we purchase need to have a healthy return on investment. Products should be able to pay for themselves over a short period of time, or should I say, uh, even sooner. (laughs) Okay, she goes on to say, by course correcting and implementing these changes in your practice, profitability, customer loyalty, and employee satisfaction increases. It's important to look for the source of everything we hear, especially in dentistry. Insurance companies focus primarily on their own profitability, which makes it nearly impossible for dentistry to offer the best care to their patients, especially with the budget constraints that are placed on them from insurance companies as dental care providers. But as we uncover more truths, we can learn how to offer premium services and grow profitably, morally, Ethically and legally, once we understand insurance contracts and state laws governing dental practice. And here's the best here is the best business news of all. My practice, my business teaches dentists how to reclaim forgotten profitability in dentistry again because we are the specialists with dental insurance contracts and state laws that govern dental care. Wow, that's impressive. We are the specialists with dental insurance contracts and state laws that govern dental care. That's true, Bailey. Good job. We are, are, what are you waiting for? (laughs) Sorry. Uh, This is a great article that Bailey wrote for our company. What are you waiting for? Give us a call and get started with our team training today. So (laughs) I, I want you guys to know that again uh somebody who's not been in the dental field for a long time somebody that's not uh that that's not pre programmed or jaded with misinformation and all the crap this is an individual who has come into our company with a business background running her own business uh business that she started on the side um and uh well she had before she started working for us and uh and it's like, she's looking at dentistry, you know, uh, through un un uh, what's the word I'm looking for. She's looking at dentistry through, you know, unscathed eyes. She's like, she's looking at, them, um, you know, pure like you and I did when we graduate from dental school or like you're brand new in the office, team members, and you're coming to work for the first time. And you're not dealing with insurance plans. You're not dealing with all that stuff. And you're coming in and then all of a sudden you start working with it and you start getting scarred for life. Yeah, she's looking at it. Five things your your dental office is doing wrong. Submitting fee-for-service fees to insurance companies. Oops, that's a big one. I, I know there's so many consultants that freak out when we teach that. Uh, but t- here's Bailey looking from the outside in. It's like uh, that's common sense with what we teach her at MPMB. Why don't dental teams understand that too? We do not offer choice to patients. No, I'm not talking about amalgam to composite fillings. And she looks at that and it's like that's done in every industry. And why is there the same price point when there's differentials in cost of goods? I don't I don't understand that. How you what you guys are teaching makes com- makes sense. It's just common sense and and uh, that's a big Power play too when we teach that and how we teach it. How we teach it. We don't, obviously, we're not giving you our secret sauce on what goes on behind that. You can figure out a couple of things here just listening, but you'll never figure it all out unless you come through the training. And three, offices don't cross train team members. Oops, <laughs> that goes against traditional. Uh, consulting companies also, doesn't it? Let's see. Let's see. Here we go. Number one, submitting fee-for-service fees to insurance companies. Don't do it. That goes completely against what you've always been taught. Two, we do not offer choice to our patients. Whoa, that's... that. People's definition of that is so different than what we teach here. Three, offices don't, con, don't cross-train team members. Wow, that's, a, that's against every moral fiber of the consultants out there with their misinformation. They always teach verticals. We don't. We teach you how to be like a special forces unit. Why? Well, if that's not obvious, you need to come through our training. Four, uh, writing off procedures it should never be written off. Oh, my gosh. I can't tell you guys how many times I asked that question. And I show an EOB, and and I'm in an intro course wherever I'm at. I can't believe all the office managers that raise their hands, showing things that they're writing off that they never had to, but because the EOB lies to them, they do. So it's not their fault, really. But my gosh, there's so much written off that does not have to be written off, even when the EOB says it. The insurance companies lie. Number five, <laughs> buying equipment with a with a low return on investment. Mm. Oh, <laughs> that's such a pet peeve of mine. We are we are suckered into buying stuff that, if it doesn't have a huge ROI and doesn't have a great patient experience and doesn't make your jobs infinitely better, dental team members don't buy it. Well, I love this article uh, uh, that Bailey wrote uh, here in our company. Somebody who's uh, from the outside looking in and and is learning the actual clinical business of dentistry. Uh, I, I I hope she never, I hope she doesn't get to become damaged from all the stuff that's out there. And I hope she maintains that clear vision that she obviously, uh, did when she wrote this article so kudos to you Bailey thanks for letting me uh, use it for a podcast and uh, thanks to all of you for listening you guys all have a great day
1: thank you for being with us today since 2006 my practice my business has been teaching dentists and their teams business skills dental insurance contractual protocols and state laws governing how to profitably bill patients fairly for the need-based services they provide what's more we guarantee our training unlike other dental consulting companies in the industry. Simply stated, if you don't increase your net revenue, we don't get paid. We call it dental consulting the way it should be. We believe there's never been a more important time than now for dentists to experience and implement our key methods, knowledge, and business training within their dental practices. To learn more about our guaranteed, no-risk clinical business of dentistry training that is changing dental practices for the better, just go to our website, mypracticemybusiness.com and surf our pages for additional information about our company and the services we provide. When you're ready, give us a call and get scheduled for the most profitable dental business training that you will ever experience. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave us a five-star review. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to call us. Thank you again and have a fantastic day.